Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 10, that's right, 10 of On the Flank. I am your host, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. What do you think about number 10? We're getting closer to, I guess I don't know what we're getting closer to, but we're getting closer all the time. <laughs> we're getting closer to 100. That's almost there 100. There you go. <laughs> wow. Uh, we're going to have to have a real big episode 100. Everyone always has a big episode 100. I don't even know what we're going to do, but we got to start planning for it now, Joe. <laughs> it's only almost two years away. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is almost two years away, but it's going to be a big one. <laughs> we're going to be live on the like Overwatch League champion, season three championship stage doing it. There Thoughts? you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, today, Joe, this, I'm excited for this podcast because we finally got some uh, you, colors, some logos, some some team nicknames to discuss. Oh, yeah. Later in this show, uh, we're, we're, stay tuned. A nice little tease for you. Uh, we are going to grade their, the team's nicknames, their logos, and their color schemes. All three of those on an on a, a to F scale. I'm excited to become a teacher. <laughs> um but yeah we have some joe we actually have events to talk about i think it's been like four episodes since we've had events to talk about we've always skipped straight to the news yeah i mean you know there's been contenders trials and that sort of thing but other than that yeah yeah uh I, yeah there has been but we've got some we got some big league stuff uh as as we know they first announced the overwatch league they announced that these teams would be able to put on local sort of showcases or events uh during the off season and we got our first two versions of that the gilded gala and the california cup both happened this past week gilded gala of course was happening in london london and the houston outlaws put that one on and then california cup is between the la valiant and the san francisco shock sorry gladiators and uh yeah both of them both of them happened they had show matches of of some sort uh i'm just as as far as the gilded gala goes i think the biggest thing is hey the london team finally went to london um and that's super cool and i'm glad the london fans got to meet their championship team and uh i think california cup people i saw a lot more people talk about the california cup they had Brennan Sideshow casting it, uh, a duo I love. I love to see casting. They're hilarious together. Um, and in the end, they actually played for something, the California Cup. They had a trophy and everything, and the LA Valiant won in the end. Uh, at three to one was the final score. Uh, does this matter any much? No, I guess they have bragging rights. They have a trophy now, but they're going to be playing for this cup once again, November tenth. So. If Valiant lose that one, and it is home field advantage in Oakland for San Francisco, so if the Valiant lose that one, I guess they've only had, they only get the cup for like two weeks. That kind of stinks for them. Uh, but yeah, Joe, what do you think about small little events like this? You like these local events? Could they could they have done anything better? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, you know, like we talked about, actually, I guess it probably wasn't. Uh, specifically for this event, but things like, um, you, you know, getting into the community interaction, uh, like when they went to that UCI event, uh, what Valiant did, uh, or, you know, stuff like this, bringing, uh, bringing the competitive Overwatch North. It's, that's great. You know, that's what we want to see. Um, just in general, spreading for some of these local teams, um, 
to build up their local uh, build up their local image and uh, you know get get themselves out there ahead of season two. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I think it's a great chance, especially when, like the London thing, everyone's in LA right now and they don't get a chance to uh, be with their local fans. Uh, so uh, I was, the California Cup was a little bit more disappointing because, of course, it was in Santa Ana, which is right by LA. Um, but it was cool to see the Golden Gala in London, and I'm excited for the California Cup to head on over to Oakland. Really wish uh, Houston would have had more attendance there in London. I know it's a big ask to fly people out there. I think they only had three players, maybe. Uh, Dante <coughs> Dante was there, though, Spree. which was cool. Spree, and then who was the other one? Somebody else. Maybe Rockus? Uh, it was... I'm blanking on his name. He's the... He's uh, Arhan. Oh, yeah. Arhan. And... Uh, Tyrong was also there. Who's not a player? He's a coach. Um, so, so I wish Houston would have had a little bit more representation there. But it was cool to see Dante in some Houston gear. Uh, all right, that's it for those two. Let's move on. We got we got a nice little uh, article about uh, the World Cup top eight preview, uh, which which spilled some deets about times for the for the Overwatch World Cup. We will go. We will predict and preview these teams next week. And in a nice little special BlizzCon preview episode on next week's uh, next week's on the flank, but I, we'll just talk about what they talked about in this article, where where we got some times when this is starting. Of course, it starts Friday, November second. After BlizzCon usually starts, kicks off with like an hour and a, hour to hour and a half long sort of reveal. Uh, thing for for blizzard where they reveal new content for all of their games if you don't watch that i highly recommend you do they put on a great show every year um i think two years ago they revealed sombra and it was it was super dope that was one of my favorite blizzcon reveals ever uh so they should be revealing new overwatch heroes uh no map this year uh we'll talk more about that later but uh, it should be exciting. I, I always enjoy it if you like Blizzard games. And after that is when the Overwatch World Cup starts, which should be around 12.15 Pacific, uh, 3.15 Eastern Time. Quarterfinals is on day one, all four quarterfinal matches. And then day two, you get two semifinals, a bronze medal match, and then the gold medal match. Um, and the gold medal match is best of seven once again. I love those best of sevens. Um, this will also be on Disney XD. I expected maybe we would get ESPN for, for that final, but no, uh, alas, it's going to be Disney XD the entire time and ESPN three, which ESPN three is, uh, exclusively just an internet platform. So you, if you're going to watch it on the internet, I suggest just watching it on Twitch. Anyways, uh, biggest news. Joe is very excited about this is they're playing on live. <laughs> And Busan is in the rotation. We might get to see some professional Busan. Um, Joe, want to go through this this stat? Joe, Joe is curious as to when the last time uh, they had been playing on the live patch in in Tier One Overwatch. Joe, you want to you want to tell them? Yeah. So um, you know, because all the way through Overwatch League Season One, you know, we had. Um, these discussions about oh you know what patch do they play in the stage on and oh why isn't the why isn't it the live patch and it's 
you know it's such a shame because it's um it's a different game and why are we why do we care about the way the professionals you know play a six month old game whatever um but yeah so but because um they are playing live now they're playing on 1.29 um so assuming the ptr patch doesn't go live in the next week which it probably won't um that will actually be the live patch which is super cool uh like you said the uh busan we will see some of that um especially since because they're keeping the match format that they did from the group stage which means that every match will start with a uh, preset control map so presumably about a sixth of the eight games one or two games will start on busan so that's cool um but yeah so like uh, like john said i was curious um because that seemed super rare to me um to actually have uh professional you know overwatch league overwatch world cup um played on a live patch so i actually look i went back to the last year um of like like we said this tier one overwatch um overwatch league overwatch world cup all the way back to the al preseason in december of 2017 um and long story short, uh, there were 109 days in the last year that had uh, either an Owl or an Overwatch World Cup uh, match on them, uh, on those days. And only 13 of those days were played on a patch that was currently live. Um, most recently, that was uh, Overwatch League Finals. Um, six of the eight days that... Um, that finals happened were uh, they were all played on 1.25, which was live for six of the eight days of finals. Uh, before that, it was all the way back to uh, Overwatch League preseason, uh, which is weird to think about. Um, yeah. But since, of course, um, Overwatch League Stage 3 didn't include Brigida, uh, so it doesn't really count, even though the number of the patch was the same. But, uh, but yeah, just to see that's about 12% uh, of the last year is actually been on the live patch. So it... Um, Recently, actually, as as recently as the South Korea group stage, or sorry, the uh, U.S. group stage of the Overwatch World Cup uh, was played on 1.27, which was live uh, for that particular weekend. But, um, but, but yeah, it's uh, it's not so spread out, but it is uh, fairly rare just numerically uh, to have that. So it's kind of cool uh, to think about. Obviously, you know, we want as much of that as we can, or at least I certainly do. Um, It'll be interesting to see here in the next year or so how uh, how uh, patch changes might be re-spaced out or rethought um, by Blizzard in order to uh, perhaps make some of their esports more relevant. I know, obviously, we've talked this to death <laughs> in the yeah. last uh, in several shows here now, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, only about twelve percent um, in the last year of, of Tier One Overwatch has actually been on the live patch. Yeah, I I think this is mainly because of. Uh... Uh, it's because Blizzard, yeah, Blizzard just patches, just patches almost like every month. So it's gonna be hard to stay. I mean, some of these have just like they've been on the live patch for like their first weekend or whatever, and then Blizzard has sent a patch out. So it's just, I know a bunch of people want Blizzard to patch based off the esports, uh, especially people like Monte Cristo. Have, they've always been very they've 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 really wanted Blizzard to not only patch time have their dates according to esports and the stage dates in overwatch league but to only be patching buffing and nerfing based off competitive play rather than lower on the ladder uh so yeah i don't know what they'll do joe i highly recommend uh checking out joe's post on the competitive overwatch subreddit it's a nice write-up uh good write-up joe i liked it 
Uh, yeah, but, but besides that, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to hopefully see Busan. And uh, I, I mean, I, I believe South Korea. They're, I think they're hyped about Busan. Speaking of South Korea, they changed the roster, which you're allowed to do, I've found out. Um, yeah, because all these teams picked 12 players to begin, and then they chose seven. I thought that the, I didn't understand the point of them choosing 12 and then, and then seven. And now I understand it, Joe. Uh, they were allowed to pick any players from this 12 for the group stage and then take those 12 and once again choose it uh, for this stage. And, and South Korea, I believe, is the only team to make changes uh, that sounds to, right. yeah. to their roster. Um, the changes were uh, Animo is in uh, New York Excelsior. Uh, New York Excelsior man. They put Fleta in for Sabiel B, uh, which I think everyone really likes. Sabiel B is not the be- is is a great tracer. Tracer's not in the meta too much right now, so I think everyone agrees it's better to have Fleta. Um, and then Fury. Everyone is super excited about Fury coming in, uh, who most people believe to be the best off tank in the world right now. Uh, just coming off a London Spitfire Championship. And now he's going to be representing London or South Korea in the World Cup. Uh, so a lot less, a lot less NYXL. What do you think about these roster changes, Joe? Um, it's good. It's going to be great um, to to see that kind of exposure. I think primarily, you know, we saw um, in the South Korea group stage uh, some of this this earlier roster. Um, so t- to change it up is good. You know, we know the talent is there. Um, really across that whole uh, whole depth of the roster um so yeah so to be able to be able to see more um and different combinations you know of these players that uh, otherwise we wouldn't be able to see uh it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, refreshing um as compared to the south korea group stage but also just uh, you know cool going into season two also yeah. i agree i think this is i think these are upgrades all around uh, especially since it was super NYXL heavy at the group stages, and I don't think NYXL was the best South Korea team going into the group stages. So I think it's smart that they're including some some different players. Uh, besides that, last bit of news, I guess we got the uh, talent team. Um, we got some more ZP and Jake going on. Uh, I'm excited about that. We got some possibly more Brennan Sideshow uh, casting. We've got... I don't think Uber or Mr. X have been there for for were they there for any of the group stages? They possibly. might. I think they did US. Yeah. Yeah, possibly the US one. But we got them back. We got Zoe back. We got Puckett back. Um, Mika Burton. All these all these people we've known and loved from the Overwatch World Cup and and some Overwatch League talent reinforced now that he's now that he's out as a player. Uh, he's <laughs> he's he's back to being on the desk. I'm guessing. Um, which which probably means we're getting a desk we haven't gotten a desk yet here in the overwatch world cup yeah i forget who it was but i did see um somebody tweeting to the effect that yeah that they, they will be on the desk uh for world cup which would be cool yeah so i'm the desk bring brings the show together in my opinion i i missed it a lot during the uh the qualifiers over there um uh, so yeah that's all we got for events we've got lots of news we've got lots of news so let's dive in the first <laughs> First one is ooh, one that's close to Joe's heart. Hotba. 
Philadelphia Fusion Man traded to the new Guangzhou franchise. Uh, since it's a Philadelphia Fusion player, I always immediately give it to Joe on his <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll miss Flexba, uh, the best tracer in the world, uh, confirmed. But, confirmed uh, it, uh, but you know, it's uh, just, just trying to think about the way uh, the the niche that he would have filled on the team, um, he you know season one he's brought in uh, trained a lot with Sato, uh, and then when Sato came in at stage four, uh, they played a lot together. Um, but now, uh, presumably you know as we saw the evolution through the end of the tournament, but also uh, now here in the off season, um, as uh, Sato and Poco are getting uh, getting more comfortable together, we know you know we know Poco is really good um, uh, there in that flex tank role, uh, so be able to. Um, going through that rotation, uh, you know, presumably uh, they decided uh, Hoppa might not be uh, so necessary anymore. Uh, so yeah, he's actually the first signing um, now that we know into uh, the Guangzhou team, which is kind of cool. Um, kind of uh, same in, in the sort of the same position as Janice, right? That that's uh, that's all we know about his team. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll miss him. You know, he uh, really carried us through uh, some some parts of the uh playoffs especially but uh yeah hopefully that'll uh, you know spark some more Guangzhou news now too <laughs> yeah um I really like when uh players from the league previously are on these new expansion teams that's a going to be a big storyline um I know the caster is going to point it out all the time and I'm excited excited to like have a going in point on these expansion teams like oh Hoppa like I saw him last year in the league or uh, oh, Janice! I saw him last year in the league, uh, so it's nice to see nice to see some old names going to these expansion teams, and hopefully these expansion teams are good. That's what everyone hopes, and uh, yeah. Hop Hop a good start. But, and sharing uh, that experience too, uh, that'll help with some of the new uh, players too. You know, exactly. presumably if they're coming up from contenders or whatever, to have that kind of experience on their team, uh, people who've you know gone through a season now before, that'll be helpful getting them set up. Good in-game leaders. That's what they need. Um, I know we're not. We haven't talked about the Paris news yet, but I was. I I have a, a conspiracy theory here that Philadelphia Fusion Poco. He's French. We know Paris is stealing all those European players, and especially the French players. I think they said Poco, you're not leaving. We're we're we won't even have someone on the bench to back you up you can take the you could take the spotlight all right uh so yeah, i think i mean it, it, it's it doesn't not make sense <laughs> <laughs> thank you um yeah poco but i'm guessing poco is going to be their main guy at flex i don't blame him go all in him go all in on poco poco sucks to see hapa uh go away because he's also great but um guangzhou's gonna love having him on to the next thing soul dynasty have signed three players. They've signed Michelle, Jesse, and Marvel. Marvel, I'm guessing, unless it's Marv One. Uh, if it is Marv One, and it is a one right now, Overwatch League is going to make them make him change his name. And uh, I'm guessing it's going to be Marvel. I'm assuming it's Marvel because people often use numbers to make numbers that look like letters in their names. Yeah. 
but enough talking about their names. I guess we should talk about where they came from. Jesse is from Elemental Mystic. I know he, based off rumors, he was a big get this offseason. Uh, people want, really wanted him uh, as a support. He's a main support. He plays Lucio, Mercy, and Anna. Uh, on the on the other side of things, Michelle and Marvel both come from the same team, Lucky Future Zenith. Um which is a Chinese Overwatch contenders team. Uh, they are both South Korean, though, I believe. Yes. Playing in Overwatch contenders China. Um, so none of these players, DPS players. Marvel's a tank backing up Fissure, main tank. Jesse's a support, and uh, he's backing up Rio Jae-hung, um, who, who's the, the best Ana in the world, maybe. Um, and how on is in the meta. And then you got Michelle on flex uh, alongside Zumba. Uh, what do you think about these three pickups? We finally got the Soul Dynasty pickups. We finally did, yeah. Uh, it brings them up to you know, perhaps the full roster, uh, sitting at nine players here. Um, but yeah, the filling in um, some, of, some of the spots they need, I think it's fair to say. Um, it's, it's actually interesting... Uh, Actually, I guess this is unofficial, so whatever. I, I was going to say this, uh, owlrosters.com is a site I use to, oh, I don't, somebody else makes it, but that I look at to look yeah. at all the combined rosters. Um, I mean, just that they had uh, a main tank icon for Michelle instead of Flex, but that's just, just whatever. That um, doesn't mean anything. But, yeah, to look at this roster now, um, yeah, they're coming in, uh, they're trying to, you know, th- uh, thicken up and uh, make sure that they've got the depth of roster that they need now um, after uh, losing, what, six uh, at the end of season one. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, you know, several main tank players now. Uh, is it several flex, uh, several support? You know, this is uh, Flood Ed Munchkin looks like that's going to be uh, their go to DPS duo. Uh, those are only two official DPS uh, players signed. But of course, um, even with some of the uh, compositions that are in meta right now, uh, you know, that don't rely so heavily on DPS heroes. Uh, they're they're going to have lots of flexibility, I think, with with this roster. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially since the meta is not DPS heavy. Of course, the meta is probably going to get DPS heavy at some point. We just got a patch where uh, shotguns were buffed. Pretty happy about that. We're talking about that later. Um, so, yeah, I like I like Soul finishing off their roster like this i think they could pick up one more player and i think it might be a dps just so they could have a bench dps player they had two bench dps players last year so i would imagine they would like another one uh i think yeah i think one more signing for soul in the offseason but so far so good getting those bench players from contenders and snagging up those contenders players from the new expansion teams they don't want them to succeed um boston Uprising signed Blase, Blase, Blase. Um, he is a Gladiators uh, Legion player in the Contenders. He's a DPS player. He loves the old Doomfist, um, and this is a this is a great signing for for the Boston Uprising. Um, who obviously needed DPS after they dropped mistakes, and everyone thinks it was a mistake, uh, but they <laughs> have picked up Blase. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, initially I would definitely agree. Uh, he's got some pretty big shoes to fill uh, oh, coming yeah. in from coming in from mistakes. Um, you know, just a really clutch player um, in season one. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know much uh, about him personally, but you know, clearly, uh, uh, Boston management has has lots of faith in him. Uh, hopefully, he's you know going to be able to work well with Striker um, and really maintain uh, this team. It's a pretty small team actually currently right now. Only seven players um, after they cut four, but uh, uh, but yeah, you know, it's like I said, clearly they're they're pretty confident and I'm going to be able to find a place in this new roster. So excited to see how that works. Yeah. Um, I am too. I'm excited to see Boston's definitely going to have more, more pickups here. Um, and Boston, I mean, they all, they intrigued us last year with their roster announcement, a bunch of players. We had no clue who they were and they turned out to do super well. Uh, so I expect Huck to do the same exact thing this off season. Uh, but everyone knows who, I think everyone who watches NA Contenders knows Blase's Blase's some Overwatch League talent. Um, he's good, uh, but I don't know if he's mistakes good, but he can definitely get there. And he's he, he's going to be a good projectile hero uh, with with Doomfist and Genji. And it looks like they're going unless they pick up another DPS player, they're going to go all in on Striker being their widow guy. So. Um, which is which is good. Striker's a good player, but I mean, you would love to see Striker to be able to play Tracer most of the time. Um, but but Striker's obviously only gonna get gonna get better at Widow, and he was really starting to peak there at the end of the season. Uh, another another OG inaugural season team, the Shock, picking up um, Violet is what I'm gonna call him. I assume so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another person with a number in his name, he's going to have to change that as well. Um, he is from, uh, where is he from again? Uh, O2 Ardeon. O2. O2. He is from O2. Uh, that is a big, big contenders team name coming out of these rumors. O2 is one of the teams that. Uh, everyone wants to pick up from. They didn't do as well in Contender Season 2, but they're a lot like X6 Gaming in that uh, they made the championship in Contender Season 1, and people still love to look at their talent because of that. Um, and O2 is a support player for them, mainly Zenyatta and Ana, but he does flex onto Genji a little bit. Um, San Francisco Shocks roster. Getting pretty big here. What are they at? Is that thirteen? Uh, it's eleven. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's still a lot. <laughs> they they have to be done pretty soon, you would think. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Um, at this point, they're just picking. I mean, they got they got Sleepy Moth on uh, uh, over at support. Uh, I I don't we we know Moth is great. Uh, Mercy. And I, I don't know how he is at Ana, but um, if he's not that good, they got they got Violet now, so they've got they've got a full full squad here over at San Francisco Shock. Have lots of depth now after they picked up uh, both Rascal and they got Smurf Smurf in that trade, which is which was well needed because they had way too many DPS players. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do you think about about this Violet pickup? Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, my my one concern for Shock would be uh, what I hope doesn't happen, uh, like season one was when they have this um, this really large uh, depth of roster and then um, aren't able to you know for whatever reason aren't able to um, use it to the extent that they can you know like we had players um, 
you know, like for example, IDDQD, uh, who played like one map all season, or uh, I don't even know, like the when they, um, and I imagine a good part of this is meta changes too. But you know, uh, starting out, uh, beginning of season one, playing lots of Baby Bay, playing lots of uh, Nomi, and then almost um, none by the end of the season. You know, it's um, just, 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 having having the large roster is good for lots of different situations, but. Um, obviously the the viewers want to see those those players played um so hopefully that'll be a little bit more manageable this season yeah um i we're still waiting for a team to be able to handle a big roster and and do well at it um we had teams like london spitfire had had a combined roster of two at the beginning of the season and they ended up with like eight or nine players by the end of it um (laughs) just dropping people like flies. Uh, and it's just hard to manage the, that many people. And we haven't, we haven't seen people in the league use their bench to great ability. Um, they've used, they've been able to sub one or two players, like two players at most at a time into these games successfully while keeping team synergy up. And it just seems like overwatch has yet to figure out Overwatch League teams have yet to figure out what the best use of the bench is if they want to use a majority of their bench, which could be a big problem going forward as far as uh, as far as far rest goes and burnout goes. Um, I, I think one of the biggest reasons basketball players, professional sport players don't get burnt out is, is they get to sit the bench most of the game um, and they don't have to play the entire game, but that has not been a thing with with Overwatch League players, so... Uh, overall, we'll see. We'll see how San Francisco Shock can handle this big of a roster, but they've got lots of weapons on that bench, um, and I, I think if they they got Krusty in there now, who was a fantastic coach for for Boston Uprising, so I think he can he can handle these players pretty well. Um, and I, I like the Shock. I like the Shock's roster last year. They're a young team. Uh, they're only going to get better as time goes on. Let's move on to the Shanghai Dragons. What we suspected has come true. Um, we've got Dading, Youngjing, Luffy, Koma, uh, all from Kungdu Panthera, coming on over to the Shanghai Dragons, uh, which is big. I guarantee they will win a game now. <laughs> uh, One would hope. Yes, we also got DM from L- Lucky Future Zenith, and then we got Guardian. Uh, he's from Toronto Esports. Uh, what do you what do you think about this roster now? Uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, obviously, they're adding uh, those six to Dia, Fearless, and Gregory, uh, bringing them up to nine now. Uh, but but yeah, this is um, I, I, well. I mean, I would say this is exactly what they needed. But really, all they needed was just bodies yeah. uh, with, with a three with a three man team. But uh, but yeah, no, they, they couldn't have um, uh, pulled from from better. Uh, better teams really mm-hmm. uh, you, you know with the possible exception of runaway you know we all saw the match but uh, yeah kdp uh, uh not only to have the built the built-in synergy from their old roster uh, but also uh, yeah to come in and um and and you know get going for shanghai now it's going to be good uh, hopefully being able to enable some of these um Season, season one players that they did keep, um, you know, obviously that they see potential in, um, you know, and help them 
help them grow as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, fantastic. They're they're going to be the team that gets the the most Kongdu Panthera players this season with with this pickup of four of their players, uh, which Shanghai. You, I mean, Kongdu Panthera was probably like this. Runaway was the first priority for for everyone probably. Then it was Kongdu Panthera when it comes to Korea contenders and Shanghai, the team that went zero and forty, getting four of those players is pretty crazy. Um, and now now Kongdu Panthera only has three players left. On their uh, active roster, Decay, Roar, and Choi Sehwan. And, uh, yeah, those players, we'll see where they go. It's probably not going to be Shanghai. There have been rumors that Decay and Roar are going to the Gladiators. Um, so so we'll see We'll see where they go. But I've for now, these, this is some great talent for Shanghai. Um, super impressed. DM is all. You can't, you can't ignore DM and Guardian. These players are also great. My only concern for Shanghai... And my only concern for uh, a player named Dia is that they now have four DPS players. Um, they're going they're going the San Francisco shock route, and uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Dia is going to be seeing too much play. I know I know some of the better Shanghai Chinese players got a choice on whether or not they wanted to stay, and I believe Dia was the only one that said yes. Uh, and yeah, he might be regretting it once once he hits midseason and he possibly hasn't seen play because they've got some very good DPS talent at this point. Um, but D- I've always liked Dia. He's some good he's some good DPS talent as well. Uh, big another big one. Another big roster haul is the Paris expansion team roster. This is the first expansion team roster that's just full, I feel like that we've gotten a full announcement here that they came out, they made their Twitter and then they were like, here's our entire roster. Um, really they went the European route. We talked about this on the podcast. They did go the European route. Like the rumors said, um, as far as overwatch league, previous talent, uh, you got three players. You got soon who was on the Los Angeles valiant. Uh, you got Shadowburn, who's on the Philadelphia fusion and you have uh, Finnessy, who's on the Los Angeles Valiant as well. Um, and you do have Damon, the head coach for the Los Angeles Valiant, also came on over to the Paris team. As uh, as far as the rest of the roster goes, you got Nico, Donye, LH, LH Cloudy, Ben Best, Hype, and Cruz. These are all contenders talent, some from Eagle Gaming. Um, you've got Copenhagen Flames talent. Uh, you got talent all around here. I believe Cruz is Toronto Esports. So you got talent from from all around the league over here coming to make a European super team. European fans are super happy about this one. They're also going with the four DPS roster. Uh, what, what do you think about the? Do you think the Paris team can fit in with these uh, with these pre- inaugural season teams? Um, yeah, this this is gonna be a great roster. Um, number one, uh, you know, obviously, uh, we, we've talked about the team nationality and uh, whether that's a good thing or not. But that's definitely uh, something they've considered. You know, building this EU roster, um, and I think you know, to a large part, uh, th- th- that'll certainly help their fan base. Um, but you know, that's uh, they, they're gonna have no no shortage of talent in this roster either for sure. Um, I'm actually just now looking like with detail at their announcement graphic which is kind of cool they had some illustrator um uh make a big you know mural sort of thing of yeah. uh, of all the 
all the players standing from the Eiffel Tower. Very um, I haven't noticed there's there's a far in this guy holding a banner that says soon, which <laughs> yep. is I hadn't noticed, and a rip tire. Um, but also notably in the back, there's actually a uh, what so ninth player, a, a tenth player. I don't know how many there are. Uh, that have been announced. But there's another player in the back uh, with a hood on and an obscured face and a question mark on their pants. Um, so in theory, this might not even be uh, the full roster, although Ooh. we do have... Um, it, it is nine players that they've announced. Uh, th- there might be more coming. Uh, who knows? But uh, but yeah, to, to see... Um, obviously, you know, we talked about in the World Cup, uh, we said Shadowburn absolutely has to go somewhere. Um uh, it was actually yeah. earlier um, this week since we did our last show that um, I think it was since we did our last show that um, th- that the Valiant announced that Zoom was leaving yeah. um, at the time at the time to a team uh, to be announced. But then, of course, we know that it is Paris. Um, but yeah, lots of uh, lots of World Cup talent and lots of World Cup talent we'll be able to see uh, coming in next week. Um, you know, as sort of a, a team Paris preview. But yeah. uh, again, obviously, we have no. Uh, no branding or information for this team yet, but uh, we do have a roster, which is something that uh, not everyone can say. Yeah, they're the first. They're the first to announce their players. Uh-huh. Everyone else yeah. is going going for that branding before their players. Uh, but yeah, I'm impressed with this roster. I mean, as much as everyone knows, I talked smack about. I don't want. I don't want teams to. They're like they're limited by picking up based off nationality. Uh, but as far as as far as Paris goes, they they were not limited clearly because this is some good talent, um, and, and they were lucky enough that nobody last year paid attention to EU, and nobody the, in the off seasons paying attention to EU or NA honestly. So they they could pick up the best talent in the EU. It didn't it didn't matter. And I'm grabbing Shadowburn, who was unfortunately dropped by the Fusion, um, and Fincy and Soon. We're both players that, I mean, obviously Valiant doesn't want to miss out on Soon, but if Soon really wants to go to Paris, which clearly he does, uh, they're going to have to trade him for, I'm guessing they got money. So uh, Soon and Vinci leaving their teams for for this, um, it it makes complete sense to me when you want to make a European super team. And I really like this roster. There's going to be a huge rivalry between Paris and London, and uh, it's it's also basically going to be sort of the argument bet- between should you go with your team nationality or should you go um, with with the Koreans, um, and it's going to be interesting. I think some I can't remember who was tweeting about it, but somebody was tweeting about how he's seeing all these London fans jump ship and go to Paris, and that how they're going to once Paris performs significantly worse than London, they're going to be jumping back on to the London bandwagon soon enough. So that's some that's some big trash talk about the nationalities already. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I honestly don't think Paris is going to do that bad this year. I think this looks like a pretty good roster. Uh, so we're moving on finally to team branding. God, I've been waiting for this all episode. <laughs> it's been 40 minutes and we haven't been able to talk about this, Joe. Uh, so it's true. me it's and true. Joe, we're gonna we're gonna go through. We're gonna grade in order. We'll we'll go one by one back and forth on these. We're gonna grade their nickname first, then their logo, and then their color scre- scheme from an, on an A to F scale, like we're college professors. 
Uh, and let's start with, I mean, let's do both at the same time. How's that sound? Let's do both. Okay. Atlanta Reign were revealed first on Tuesday, and then the Toronto Defiant yesterday, Wednesday, were revealed. Um, we got some similar color schemes going, but let's start with the nickname uh, Atlanta Rain. What do you think about this nickname, Joe? Um, yeah, so Atlanta Rain, I think uh, this is probably the one that I like uh, better of the two, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish, uh, you know, obviously people were speculating once they knew uh, that this Atlanta roster and all the other rosters that were announced, uh, you know, they're saying, oh, they should, um, coming up with ideas, you know, people were trying to come up with like regional themed names and that's uh, obviously not really what they went for. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. It's, it's very, it's a very Overwatch League name, you know, uh, teams like, you know, LA Valiant and New York Excelsior and stuff. Um but it be, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's it's definitely um, it's it's definitely thematic. You know, they've got something to work with, um, especially with the rest of their their logo and their branding too. So, um, uh, it's, yeah. So A through F. I don't know. Maybe uh, give it Atlanta Rain as a name. Uh, you know, somewhere in the the B plus range, perhaps. Okay, B plus. Okay. Um, I'm 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 gonna go a little less than you. I'm gonna go like C plus. Uh, I'm Atlanta Rain. The, my only issue with it is it's saying it. I guess I like the idea of it. I like the concept of it. Atlanta Rain is just just feels weird out of the mouth. It almost makes me feel like I'm talking about the weather. Um, <laughs> so that's my. It's a. I've got nothing else to complain about besides saying it is weird. But I think the idea of it is really cool. Um, yeah, we can move on to the Toronto Defiant. I guess I'll I'll lead off with my grade for the Toronto Defiant, and then we can go back. I'm very I'm very opinionated on their nickname. I'm immediately going to come out and say this is an F for me. Uh, their nickname. <laughs> I hate these adjective nicknames. Defiant, Valiant. I don't like that. I your nickname, your mascot shouldn't be an adjective. Just make it like a noun. Just give it a noun. Um. <laughs> I, th- I like the Valiant's branding a lot better, even though they have an adjective nickname, because they represented it in some sort of way. They, like, gave us, like, oh, we're the Valiant, but our mascot is kind of, like, Mercy, because of because of her helmet is, like, you know, and, and all this stuff. They gave a little branding explanation, but Defiant have come out, and they've given no representation of what Defiant means at all. So, I, it's... Defiant is enough from me. I'm sick of these adjective or like obscure nicknames like Uprising and Valiant and all these like things that have that they're they, they're gonna have a hard time representing in the physical form. It's just like annoying to to give to give me some weird, obscure, edgy nickname that's like just just go simple, you know? Go with go with go with something simple, like Shanghai Dragons or or Dallas Fuel or Houston Outlaws. I like those a lot better. Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, but I think the Toronto Venom would have been much, much cooler. Oh, yeah. uh, if, if you saw that, they had... Uh, it makes me wonder where they got it from. But yeah, they had somebody on Reddit leak uh, just, just a black and white uh, Toronto Venom team, which would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think um, the, the logo is much cooler than the name. Uh, yeah, Toronto Defiant. And it's... Um, actually, if you look at their... 
their um, branding too. Like their hashtag is very similar to uh, Boston Uprising too. Rise together. It's, it's like rise together. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I'm not I'm not so much of a fan uh, of this one either. I don't know if I give it an F, but uh, you know, it's it's definitely below sea level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just I I'm very opinionated. I think a lot of these teams were trying to be like real out there edgy like obscure with their names like and they thought it would be cool and honestly i just enjoy like a nice little mascot like a nice shanghai dragons or anything like that just give me give me a nice physical representation of your team i enjoy that a lot better than you trying to be like edgy or cool and be like rise together we're the defiant like okay <laughs> like that's fine uh but yeah as far as logos go i guess we can start since you already talked about the Defiance logo a little bit. Let's let's start with the Defiance logo. I this has grown on me significantly. When this first came out, I thought it was fine. Uh, but as time has gone on, and I've seen some merch, and I saw it on a hat, seeing it on a seeing it on a hat, I would give this, I would give this one. Let's see, I would give it a B plus. I like this logo a lot. Um, it reminds me of like. It's just simple. It reminds me of like a Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, like what you would see on just like a baseball team cap. It's like just a simple letter logo, and I like simple letter logos, and it's it's cool. Um, it's got a, it's TD. I like T. I like the I like the letters. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think it's nice, simple. <laughs> it's very different from the Atlanta Rain logo, which I guess we'll get into. They're pretty much the opposite in simplest in simplest as far as simplicity goes. Um, what what do you think about this one, Joe? Um, yes, uh, like you said, I, I also like uh, the logo better than I like the name. It's actually, I just I was looking over because yeah, it's it's one of those logos that like. Um, it looks like just a picture, but then like you can find the letters in it. Um, and so I was actually um, thinking about the other Overwatch League teams, and actually the other logo that does that is Boston Uprising. Because yeah, <laughs> you, you got the B, B in the middle and the U coming around. But, uh, but yeah, it's um, you, you know whether it's a snake or whether it's just a little angular angular line. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's sort of makes up for it a little bit. I'll, I'll give them that at least. Yeah, uh, I mean. There needs to be more just classic lettering logos, logos like this. I think that's what the MLB is the most famous for, is just having those like cool letter designs like the Yankees and Red Sox just on their hats. And I think I think letters can be cool, guys. Um, and I think they, they nailed it. But I really, really like the Atlanta Rain logo. I know people are hit or miss on this one. I really like this one. It's one of my favorite logos in the league. Um I like the crest sort of style they went with. Um, it's almost, it's very similar to, to like the, the bottom, the player, like in game in Overwatch, um, that little border around your character and the, uh, yeah, and yeah, the, the player the, select the screen. Profile border or something. Yes, exactly. Um, so I think that they went with that thematically, I'm guessing. And then you've got a bird. I love birds. A beautiful phoenix rising from the ashes, and I, I think it's very well designed. It's not too, the phoenix isn't too complicated. It's nice and simple, um, and then you've got a crown right above his head that he is rising towards. I, I really like this logo. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, this is, this is great. Um, you, you know, we've talked about a little, 
but it, well, I mentioned you know that they were um, potentially going on like some regional thing, um, and so one of the suggestions I saw just from the general public was you know something uh, to go along with uh, like Sherman uh, from the American Civil War, uh, which is sort of odd if you think about it. You know, famous for like destruction of the southern countryside in like a big giant swath, or whatever. But um, you know, so the this Reddit commenter was like, "Oh, fire! See, it's like Sherman." So. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but but it is a cool logo. Yeah, I think again it, it fits in uh, fits in well with the rest of the teams. Um, you know, hopefully, obviously, we'll be seeing more in the future. But uh, you know, recognizable, distinct, um, and yeah, well designed. Yeah, um, I didn't give it a gray a grade. I'm giving it an A. What are you giving it? Yeah, I, I think they could have done much better. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'll take an A. All right, A Atlanta, A for Atlanta. Um, yeah, honestly, and it's just, I don't know, like I was saying, they have, Atlanta Rain is kind of also an obscure reference, but they gave it a representation with this beautiful bird. So, something that Toronto failed to do with Defiant. Uh, color scheme. They have a very similar color scheme, but I'm going to the press releases to give us both an official look at what colors they are going to be using. Atlanta went a little bit more in depth with what kind of colors they're using, but Toronto just had a powerful combination of red, black, white, and gray. While Toronto, or Atlanta, I mean, let me find exactly where they said this. Uh, it's like red, charcoal gray, and dark gray or something. Yeah, something something similar to that. No black. No black in there is, I think, the biggest thing to point out. Why can I not find this? Where is this in the press release? I saw it yesterday. What is this? Official colors are light gray, red, and charcoal gray. There we go. Okay. Uh, let's start. So very similar color screen, color s- schemes. Toronto gets the black. Atlanta doesn't get black. Uh, I guess we're gonna grade it based off of not only what colors they chose, but how their how their skins look on on these characters because we also got the skins. Let's start off with uh, the Atlanta Rain. You you can go ahead and start. Um, yeah, so Atlanta Rain, um, obviously this was the one we saw first, but I think in general this is also the one I like just a little bit better. Um, they have a they have a Lucio here and a Zarya on their announcement, uh, announcements uh, page thing. But, uh, but yeah, I like uh, the, the red and gray is unique. That um, distinguishes them from like Shanghai with the red and black. Um, or the red and yellow of the, the Florida Mayhem. Um, yeah, it's it has this sort of, especially um, with lots of the silver accents, you know, makes the armor actually look like armor and all that, which is, is helpful. Yeah. Um, but it, it, yeah, I think this is uh, this is the one I like better of the two for sure. Okay, yeah. I A lot of people like Toronto Defiance better. I don't know. It's super close between the two, but I think they both... Honestly, if I had to grade them both at once, I'd both give them an A. I mean, this is both what the, this is what the league needed. They needed red, and they needed red and black. They needed red without yellow involved, um, and they both have complied to that. Atlanta, I like how they didn't. I don't know. I like how one team does have black and the the other doesn't. I like I like Atlanta how they're red and silver. I really like the light silver on these for Atlanta. 
And then I really like, I, I'm confused as to why neither, and neither of these skins, I mean, Atlanta doesn't have black as a color, so there is no black. But Toronto is not using black in these skins at all. They're using their dark gray, um, which is interesting. Uh, because I I think black, everyone wanted to see red and black, but despite them not using black, I think I like Toronto's skins better personally. Um, I think they're cool. But in the end, they would both get A's. They both have, com- it, the color scheme is, has, is more context heavy for sure. And the context is that Overwatch League needs more red, uh, red and black teams without yellow involved. So please, <laughs> thank you for complying. No more yellow teams. Please, no yellow teams. No yellow anywhere. Maybe blue and yellow. Maybe a little, like, ooh, I could use some, like, p- powder blue and yellow. Ooh, that'd be nice. But uh, but no more yellow, if if anything. Um, <laughs> did you grade the color schemes? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think I did. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's... Uh, Atlanta Rain, yeah, I think uh, I would also agree. Uh, we'll give them an A there. Um, you know, Toronto... A solid B for sure, uh, and again, maybe if they were released in a different order, it might go the other way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, they're going to work out well for them, I think. I agree. I realized like that I favored the Atlanta Rain colors more, but then I realized it was pretty much just because they came out first, and I was upset that Toronto copied them, even though they probably didn't. Obviously, uh, they were probably developing these at the same time. We got an October developer update that just made, that came out of nowhere for me. And I was so happy about it. Jeff came onto that screen and he said that we were, we were going to be able to watch the Overwatch World Cup in, in game, in client. We were going to be able to watch it, spectate whoever we wanted. I did not expect this to happen for season two of Overwatch League. I will be honest with you. Um, I did not expect this to happen right now. I expected it to be a very far down the line thing. And I think they've been working super hard on this. Um, so we get an Overwatch World Cup viewer where it's basically going to be an in-game spectator where we have tons of tools. We can watch it live and we can watch the replay of these games. Uh, I think you mentioned the replays will only be available for the semifinal and finals games. Yeah, for whatever reason. <laughs> Who knows why? Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is just, I'm, ex- I'm ecstatic about it because this is what everyone's asking for is, I mean, people can finally stop complaining about the observers in, in Overwatch League and just go observe themselves and then then miss a bunch of things. <laughs> I think everyone's going to find out how hard it is to actually observe Overwatch. But if you want to watch any player on the team you want to watch, you can go in client now and, and watch them the entire time. Um, yeah. For this particular one, they said, um, obviously, it's, it's just a PC thing because they're, they're testing it, uh, you know, beta. Yeah. I got the impression, too, that they would be like a separate download, like the PTR is, uh, that it would be a, a different client that you'd have to install and that it wouldn't be like in the actual live game proper. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think that's their goal in the future, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to be a separate PTR build of, of Overwatch. Uh, but the fact that they're going to eventually port this to PlayStation and Xbox, too, is crazy. Didn't expect that to be a thing. Um I thought if it happened, it would be very PC exclusive because that'd be a crazy thing to put in a console game as well. That's got to be a lot of data to stuff in there. Um, and what was I about to say? 
Oh yeah, I definitely expect it to eventually be merged into the live game, but for now it is a separate thing on the like kind of like the PTR. I don't know if it will be on the PTR or if it's going to be a separate P- a separate sort of download. Um but yeah, I don't there hasn't been specifics confirmed about this whatsoever. Um we know that the observers in Overwatch League get like full stats. They get we know that we're going to get the mini map which is fantastic. Everyone wants the minimap. There's no information on whether or not we'll get like the audio from the cast put in there. That's something I would really enjoy is if, if I didn't have to open up like a Twitch tab or something like that to get the casters, because I doubt that's going to be in sync. Um, If, if they just had like the audio from the cast built in there somehow, that'd be fantastic because I still want to be able to hear the casters. Um, I love the casters and I personally would love to be a caster one day. So I, I definitely want to hear those. I, I, I love this. If we get stats, if we get all these things that, that the observers in Overwatch League get, this is going to be fantastic. Um, you going you going to use this for the world cup, Joe? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, next weekend it'll be a busy weekend for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm unfortunately going to be in Pittsburgh on Friday so I can't use it on Friday, but I will be using it on Saturday. Um, so what else did you, what else did uh, Mr. Kaplan say? He said he wanted to uh, make the viewers' expectations at BlizzCon different because every year they announce a hero and a map. Uh, no new map at BlizzCon this year because it gets lost. It gets lost apparently uh, in all the buzz that's happening, which makes sense because it usually takes like two months after BlizzCon to release the map, and it only takes like about a month for the hero to come out. Um, Presumably because they've been working on all these other things too. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I mean, they, they, uh, they have a set schedule for when maps come out and they just, it feels like they decide to announce the map at BlizzCon when they don't really have to because it's coming down the road usually. Um, PT, a new PTR patch uh, has come out. Uh, Joe, you're a PTR patch man. Do you want to talk about what you want to talk about? Sure. Yeah, so uh, this is 1.30. Um, obviously, like like we said, they're playing on 1.29 at, um, at BlizzCon. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, just like uh, Jeff mentioned in the October developer update, we've got some buffs coming through. Uh, buff for Mercy, specifically for Valkyrie. Uh, actually, I actually had the patch notes pulled up here. Uh, the ultimate cost of Valkyrie is actually reduced by 15%. Um, and while in Valkyrie, uh, the healing per second goes back up to 60 instead of 50. Uh, so it's a little bit stronger ultimate, and it'll come up a little bit faster. Although with uh, the recent... Uh, nerf to her HPS uh, while she's not using her ult, um, that'll essentially just, uh, at least by their estimation, just restore it uh, to the rate that she got it before uh, that nerf, which which makes sense. Um, you know, it'll make her um, a, a little bit more useful and keep her in line, sort of, with the rest of the supports in that a lot of them are chosen uh, specifically for their ultimate. Right? You you pick Zen uh, specifically for trance, and you sp- you pick Ana in general. Uh, on it not so much but you speak, yeah. you pick zen for trance for sure um and, and things like that so to to have to have Val- valkyrie a bigger part of um of mercy's kit is important um 
Uh, Reaper, uh, his the spread randomization on his shotguns has been reduced by 50%, um, and his lifesteal has actually been increased from 20 to 30%. Uh, make it a little bit more survivable, uh, make him a little bit more consistent with his uh, shotguns. There's actually ar- already been a Reddit post uh, in the last like day or so uh, complaining that uh, this, uh, sp- this this spread change actually reduces his DPS a little bit uh, because it essentially reduces the rate at which random crits happen. Uh, so I guess you might have to be more precise with your left clicks now in order to get uh, the same types of headshots. I don't know. I uh, haven't looked into that too much, but huh. uh, it's, a, it's at least a change to Reaper's spread um, in addition to a buff to his lifesteal. Um, Roadhog change, um, I'll just read this because there's a lot of things. Um, the chain hook uh, decreased the delay before pulling a hook target from five from one half of a second to 0.3 seconds. Uh, now greatly reduces the target's momentum upon being hooked, um, and the cooldown now begins immediately instead of after the target has been pulled. Uh, hopefully, what that last part doesn't mean is that uh, if your hook breaks because of some stupid geometry thing that you'll hook, your hook will go on cooldown, which I guess it kind of does already. Uh, but hopefully that doesn't become a bigger problem. Uh, the, you know, hopefully, hopefully they've some uh, they've done some tuning on the hook because um, it's esports ready. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so some hook changes uh, it'll be quicker uh, quicker pulled to you. So that's cool. Uh, scrap gun spread pattern adjusted for both primary and secondary fire. Um, presumably, oh, here we go. Yeah, it says we move some of the projectiles closer to the center of the spread pattern, uh, giving more consistent damage output. Um, so that's the thing. Uh, spread randomization reduced by 50%. Yeah, so it's similar to uh, the Reaper change to make it a little bit more consistent that there will be damage in your crosshair. Yeah. And then whole hog. Uh, the ultimate, uh, the horizontal recoil has decreased slightly. Uh, I don't even know what that means. I guess the the movement penalty that Roadhog gets or something. Yeah. Because there's lots, there's lots of, lots of vertical recoil. Yeah, but, there is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then uh, knockback maximum velocity increased by 25% uh, from 8 to 10 meters per second. And they said that's essentially um, accommodating for a bug fix, uh, that there used to be a bug where the knockback was way too fast um, and people would just go flying off the map. So they fixed that, but then it felt um, too limited. So they increased the knockback a little bit. Okay. Um, and, and then Symmetra, um, the, her left click uh, now will charge 20% faster than it used to, uh, which is pretty significant. Uh, you know, obviously uh, Symmetra, almost nobody uh, uses her left click just because it's so hard to ramp up. Um, on the live patch, uh, all the way up to you know level two or level three damage. So to have that happen twenty percent faster, uh, that, that'll be uh, that'll be some help. Uh, we'll have to see how much help exactly it is. But uh, you know, ramping it up on a shield, uh, that sort of thing, will be a lot uh, a lot quicker now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and and then in general, there's you know bug fixes, hero fixes, all that. Uh, the one significant. Uh, or the, the one significant sort of other type change uh, is they said they uh, have made the jump height of all heroes um, consistent across the hero roster. So uh, do with that information what you will. I'm not entirely sure. I, su- I suppose like, you know, maybe Genji could have hopped higher or something. Yeah, um, so there's someone on Reddit put out a video. Oh, Tra- Tracer was jumping higher than a lot of heroes. Um and I, th- I think it was Tracer was the main culprit of this, but they made it. They basically they buffed 
people or I don't know if they buffed him exactly. I, th- I believe they buffed him so that people could jump as high as Tracer can, basically. Mm. Uh, probably some other characters had the same thing going on as Tracer. But, uh, yeah, I think the heavier – the example they were using was Roadhog versus Tracer, and both of them had the same jump jump height in the PTR patch. But in the live patch, Tracer was able to get to certain places Roadhog was not. So, so uh, this is a nice little quality of life change. Uh, but yeah, besides, I mean, I guess I'll talk about my opinions on on these hero buffs. I like them all. I I I always like getting rid of randomization things in games uh, because it makes it require more skill. So Reaper's DPS might be off for some gold players, but I'm sure Grandmaster players who have better aim are going to be able to utilize this Reaper a lot better. Same with Roadhog and his randomization spread going away. I mean, I'm a super as a Roadhog player. I'm super happy about his about his buffs. I watched Hard Blue play the PTR, um, and that hook pulls in super fast, and I like that. I really like how fast that hook pulls in. Um, as far as like horizontal horizontal recoil goes, I'm guessing that's him possibly moving backwards. I'm not sure, honestly, because it is vertical, isn't it? It is like kind of vertical recoil. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what that means exactly. But yeah, Symmetra buffs. Uh, this is the second time they've buffed her her left click, um, and they're needed both times because yeah, her left click is not that good. Um, uh, I guess the Mercy buffs. I mean, everyone does not like it when Mercy gets buffed, but I think these ones are fine. I don't think this is gonna make her OP. So overall, a good PTR patch. I like it. I think I think the most overpowered thing here is Reaper's lifesteal going up, and I think people are going to be upset about that, especially during his ult. He might be unkillable, um, which is kind of annoying. It's true. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, there were a couple other small changes uh, that did make the patch notes. Uh, for example, Blizzard Worlds, um, now in the second point, you know, there's like that StarCraft building. Uh, the, back in the back now, there's sort of a little tribute uh, to Mike Morham, one of the founders of Blizzard, uh, who I guess retired recently. Yep. Um, so it, there's a, uh, an, an image of him and sort of a timeline of Blizzard as a company, which is kind of cool. Um, although it does leave out Overwatch, because of course Overwatch does not exist in the Overwatch universe. Yep. Um, but so that's cool. Uh, there's also been apparently a visual update to the payload on Route 66. Uh, that the, the little cap of it has like opens now, um, so uh, Stylosa was freaking out about that. He's like, "Oh, Hero 29 confirmed." <laughs> uh, so, so we'll see what happens with that. Who knows? But uh, yeah, those are, those are the main mechanical changes uh, to the PTR patch. Of course, Hero 29 was confirmed from that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that uh, go check out that uh, Blizzard World update. It's really cool. If you're a, a Blizzard fan whatsoever, it's a nice little. Nice little little uh, thing for Mike, who's who unfortunately uh, has to retire because he's a great guy. But uh, but yeah, I'm glad they put that into the game. It's a nice little nice little area in Blizzard World. But yeah, that's that's all we got for this week. Uh, we got no topics this week because we finally got tons of news. Uh, happy about that. But uh, yeah, as far as I guess I'll get into the social media. If you want to follow us on our personal Twitter accounts, mine is jwgeorgeiv. Joe's is Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. And then the show's Twitter is on the flank show. Uh, you can also email us 
ontheflankshow at gmail.com. You can use either our email or Twitter to send us topics or questions you want us to talk about here on the show. Or if we made any mistakes during the show, you can correct us, of course. Uh, as If, of course, you are listening to this in some way, if you want to listen to it in a different way, you can find us on ontheflank.podbean.com. You can find us on my personal YouTube, which is John George. I have it linked on my Twitter. Um, it is very hard to just look up John George and find it. Uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we are on that if you're an iPhone user. If you're an Android user and a Spotify user, it is on Spotify. I have realized that a lot of Android people use Google Play Music for their podcasts, so I have decided to make it my duty to get us on Google Play Music as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it for this week's episode, episode number 10. I guess I should, uh, let you guys know that we will be back next Wednesday, Halloween to preview BlizzCon, and we may have a nice little special post BlizzCon, uh, show for you guys. Uh, check out our Twitter for any announcements on that. Uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll check you guys out next week.